As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Being out there with, you know, obviously Julio and Mike and um, hopefully Chris will be out there. Um, You know, hopefully Russ will be out there. But the tight ends and backs have all done a good job. You know, they've had some injuries with the line and so forth, which we're dealing with. But, um, you know, try to try to put together a good unit to go out there and compete, playing against a really good opponent in Dallas. And uh, it's going to be a big test for us. So it should be fun to kick off the season in, uh, on Sunday Night Football. It doesn't get much better than that. Very talented, uh, big up front on the offensive line, very aggressive on the defensive line. Obviously, Michael Parsons is a problem. Uh, they have ball hawk corners, and you know they can throw the ball. CD Lamb's a problem. They got two-headed running back attack, and they have very good tight ends. So it's a talented team all the way around. You know it's going to come down to who makes the less mistakes. But we know from playing them last year down here, it was a tough game. It should be a tough game down there. And only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them Cowboys? Indeed. Welcome to week one, Cowboys Nation. We're back. It's the About Them Cowboys podcast, the Athletic Podcast Network. We're going to flex to two episodes a week starting next week. We'll have some game reaction coming out of the game, of course. And then we'll have our look ahead episode later in the week. But we've got some roster tiers for you this episode. And we're going to talk about, of course, some predictions for Tampa Bay. You might have seen some you know, negativity around the national perspective about the Cowboys, but, you know, we got a a ray of optimism here about them Cowboys, like, you know, shining like the third quarter at AT AT&T Stadium. Okay. Couldn't help it. (laughs) Couldn't help it. We've got three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys. I'm Kent Producing. From The Athletic, we've got Saad Youssef. We've got John Mishota. And from The Eagle, it's KT. Hey, man. All right, Kent, it is time. Let's get this ball rolling. Thank you. Um, The Cowboys did what we asked them to do. They went out and signed a veteran free agent. Jason Peters is here. John, when's the earliest you think that we would see Jason Peters uh, Peters, uh, on the field in a game? All right. Not any earlier than week three is, is probably the plan. But that can be your plan right now. And if Tyler Smith would be awful in the season opener then I think that you have to speed things up. I don't think he's going to be awful, but if he was, 
things can change quickly to where uh, maybe Jason Peters is getting time week two. I just I don't think that that'll necessarily happen. Um, but if not, then I would say week three they want to kind of ramp him up a little bit. He hasn't you know he hasn't had any training camp. He's been working out on his own, but. Like he even said the other day, you know, football shape is different from, you know, just working out. So I'd say week three, maybe. Okay. And so uh, Tyler Smith's basically being asked, okay, learn left tackle and get ready. we go back to learn left guard again. Are they putting plans in place for that? Or if Connor McGovern is really good for two weeks, do they keep him at left guard? I mean, this is not fantasy football, but. Like, it, if you get Jason Peters in the mix, you are going to move guys around, right? Yeah, it's funny that that comment was made because ever since then, it really has been fantasy football with their offensive line. You know, those days of Travis Frederick, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, you know, and then just kind of filling in the gaps without, I and mean, heck, Lyle Collins too, are long gone. And now every week it's going to be different. I mean, I don't think they know for sure. It all depends on how these guys play week one. I mean, I'm very confident the week one starting lineup will be Tyler Smith at left tackle, you know, Connor McGovern at left guard, but depending, I mean, you, we got to see how those two guys play. I don't care what your plan is today. That can change in a second. If it's, if it's terrible. I mean, I still think that Tyler Smith is probably gonna need some extra help there from a swing tackle. Like I'm just, there's going to be certain plays where you're going to need an extra tackle out there to, to give him some help. Uh, and if they don't have to do that, man, that'll be, that could be one of the biggest storylines from that come out of the game is like, can you just imagine if they're, you don't even talk about Tyler Smith because he played so well that he there's not any major penalties and you know he didn't give up too many pressures. I mean, that's a possibility. I mean, he's a talented guy, but I think all of us on here are kind of anticipating, hey, there's going to be some growing pains here. And if there are, then you're going to have to have a lot of different... I mean, this is a team that, you know, they ran Connor McGovern as a fullback quite a few times last year. That wasn't a one-game thing. So uh, they're going to be kind of... They're going to be kind of duct-taping this thing together on the fly. I think it's kind of interesting that, you know, it is going to be the left side that's going to be under the biggest microscope because the right side, I mean, I'm not saying Terrence Steele is a sure thing, but like there's no there's no debate about he's going to be the right tackle. There's obviously no debate about Zach Martin and then Tyler Beatish, like he's going to be at the center. The left side with Peters, it's interesting, though, because people forget Jason Peters was a tight end like way back in the day. Like he started off as a tight end. He finished his playing days, I believe, in Philly. He played guard quite a bit, um, and he played, he played sparingly a little bit. So he has like some position flexibility himself. I know we talk a lot about that with Tyler Smith, but um, but with Jason Peters as well. Like he's he's gone from end of the line to to you know right next to the center. So I think that he's gonna give. I, I, I know again we're talking about Tyler Smith, but if Connor McGovern struggles. I think they're going to have an option on their hand of like, okay, do we slide Jason Peters at guard? Um, or or do we think Tyler Smith then goes to guard if he's also not lights out at tackle and then Jason Peters out to tackle, uh, out, out to left tackle. But I think that whole left side between Peters, McGovern, and Tyler Smith is going to be really interesting to watch. Very interesting too. Like Vita Vea, and we'll talk a little bit about this a little more once we start talking about the Bucks here. But Vita Vea, well, yeah, Connor McGovern's going. Damn it, that's my draw in Week One. If I'm fighting for my job, and then you know, but it's not going to be easy for Tyler Smith out there. Easy if we have to go to Week Two and you have to take on the Bengals and Trey Hendrickson's a really good player and things like that. So I mean, look, well, we know it's what it is. They're going to have their. Uh, it's just the odds are stacked against them, to be honest. And but we did talk about this last week on last week's podcast. Well, there is a scenario where all of this questioning of the Cowboys front office kind of quietens up, 
and we're at our quietens down. It quietens down if uh, they play well and Dak doesn't get killed and they win or, you know, there's, there's scenarios where it's like, no, we were fine all the way and you guys are just panicking for no reason. Like there's scenarios. It's just, you know, they told us when they drafted Tyler Smith, it was a developmental guy. They told us that. So we are, we have to have to believe that. And I think his tape and, and his really his tracker tells you that he's a developmental guy, but I'm very confident in what he'll be down the road. I'm yeah. not very confident in what he'll be Sunday night, and hopefully that he's he's okay. But I, I just you know in, in, in some kind of weird way, somebody that might benefit from all of this the most on the Cowboys roster could very well be Cavante Turpin because there's not going to be a lot of time for Dak. Probably not a lot of time for routes to develop down the field. So I bet you that there's going to be more on Turpin's plate than maybe they originally anticipated just because there's going to have to be some quick game stuff, some stuff behind the line of scrimmage. They're going to have to be able to move the ball quickly. There's not going to be a lot of sitting in the pocket, waiting, looking around like you can do with some of the previous offensive linemen that we had just talked about. So uh, that could be someone to keep an eye on because they they're going to have to find a way. They're, just going to, they're going to have to do it differently than they've done in previous years when they've been stacked at wide receiver. So... Dalton Schultz, CeeDee Lamb in the slot. Like, they're going to have to have a lot of short game stuff going on, and it's going to have to come in a variety of ways. And I just don't see them having a lot of time with Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, and some of the other guys that they have over there. And then, I mean, hey, this is going to be the same way for the Bucs, too, obviously, with with their banged-up offensive line. This isn't just a Cowboys thing. That I mean, this is a matchup between two teams that have probably two of the most banged-up offensive lines going into Week 1. Yeah, and KT, to your point about how this is going to look, like, you know, depending on how they play. The the Cowboys have recent examples of both. I mean, if you remember the quarterback depth chart back in 2016 when Kellen Moore goes down and you're like, wow, and you knew Tony Romo was fragile and, and all you have is this fourth-round draft pick to go in, and then Dak plays well, and all of a sudden no one's questioning the quarterback depth chart. And then on the flip side, you had the wide receivers in 2019 where you're like, hey, this is not going to go well, and then it didn't go well. And then the criticism is louder until you trade for Amari Cooper. So, or was that 2018? Um, but e- either way, like, you know, you're right. It's going to go one of two ways. It, you know, it's going to, you know, if this, it, it all depends on how they play. If they play well, then we're not going to hear about it. And if they don't, then, you know, I think it gets even louder than it's been. And a, a couple of weeks ago on one of our shows, I had said that I just think that the, what's going to end up happening. I know people worry about the Chaz Green scenario of where Dak's just running for his life and getting destroyed. And, I said that a couple of weeks ago that that's not going to be the case because they're going to give Tyler Smith or whoever help. It just it's going to turn the offense into being a little bit more boring. It's not going to be as exciting, high up tempo. It's going to have to be you know just kind of getting by with the running game, play action, a lot of like uh, shorter throws and stuff like that. And nothing that I've heard over the last couple of weeks makes me think any differently. They're not going to leave him out on an island if he's getting destroyed out there. Whether it be chipping with a tight end or bringing in an extra offensive tackle on plays and things like that. They're not going to get their $40 million quarterback wrecked in week one because they're just trying to go through growing pains at, at left tackle. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, and, and, and I think it's like a, it's a natural transition now. So let's go ahead. If it's okay with you, we'll do the roster tiers towards the end. Let's go ahead and talk about the Bucs. Because I think one thing that we – what happened, if you remember in week one last year, that game was just – everyone's going to throw it. There was a big belief that you couldn't run on the, on the Buccaneers. By the way – uh, not many teams did run the ball uh, very well on them. Um, so, like, you have this kind of, like, feeling like, okay, well, we have to run it. Uh, I mean, we have to throw the ball a ton. And and that's what happened. And the Cowboys lost that game 31-29 on opening night. 
Um, I believe Dak in that game, I believe Dak was uh, 42 of 58. So throw the ball 60 times, see what happens. And we all felt, too, going into that game, that was the best formula. I don't know if I feel that way this year, given what's transpired on the Cowboys' offensive line. And you could say the same thing about running the ball uh, behind a, uh, a compromised offensive line as well. But I've uh, I've kind of walked back how I feel about throwing the ball 60 times on the Bucks, And I think the Cowboys, I'm not sure they can play that way and win this game. I think across the board, though, this offensive line strength is, is probably its run blocking. I think they would rather see Tyler Smith going downhill uh, you know, Biotish and some of those guys as opposed to their pass blocking. I think that's where you really get concerned. I think that you feel pretty good about Tyler Smith, his size, his athletic ability, his strength going downhill on somebody. It's the pass protecting and having a Shaq Barrett throw out some type of a move that he just hasn't seen before, and he's so damn quick that you're just like, before you even know what happened, he's passed you. I mean, believe me, we've seen it from the Cowboys' perspective throughout training camp on both sides of the line whenever Micah Parsons is rushing. I mean, sometimes it's just a blur and you just got to move on. So I think they would prefer, I mean, if they could run the ball well, I mean, they'd love to just keep running it and win the win the game that way. But um, yeah, I mean, hey, on our shows last year at this time, we certainly weren't predicting Dak to throw that much. We thought he'd throw a lot, but not as much as he did. So you can say whatever you want here, and then all of a sudden the game starts, and you know plans change. You know, but I don't. That would stun me if he, if he's throwing the ball. You know. 45, 50 times in this game. Yeah, and not to mention, if you're running the ball that much, you also are keeping Tom Brady off the field, which has to be something that's in the back of your mind um, throughout your offensive game plan. But I also think that we talk about run game, pass game, and, and like, you know, we've seen this around the league plenty in the last, especially 10, 15 years. The run game doesn't necessarily have to be just, you know, eye formation down between the guard and center or anything like that. Like, you can have extensions of your run game, something that, you know, John mentioned right off the top here with Turpin. Like, I, like if Turpin being a receiving option, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the passing game or if that's an extension of the running game. But either way, it could be a little bit of both. Like, if you have Turpin swinging out on a bubble with Noah Brown blocking, like, sure, Dak might get some passing yards. But I, I, w- I would argue that's more of an uh, extension of the run game than it is true passing game that we've kind of known and we saw last year against the Bucks in the opener as well. And, and both of these teams, you know, Cowboys first in the league in points per game last year, the Bucks were number two. Uh, Cowboys first in yards per game last year, the Bucks were number two. Two high-powered offenses. But I think the story in Tampa Bay as well, outside of the juicy uh, Tom Brady uh, gossip going around, is the Buccaneers offensive line. Ali Marpet retires uh, at a very uh, early age. Um, Ryan Jensen hurting out for the year at center. So it's not like the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks are dealing with, honestly, kind of similar teams. The, the way I, I guess where I give the edge uh, to Tampa Bay, outside of Tom Brady, clearly, is the things that they did in the offseason at wide receiver. You know, still don't know if Godwin's going to play. Clearly, Michael Gallup not going to play. But look, Russell Gage is going to be a factor in this offense. They didn't give him three years at thirty million to play second fiddle to Julio Jones. Like Russell Gage is going to be a big factor in their offense, and that's probably Tom Brady's best intermediate route runner right now. And then you throw in, you know, the idea of Julio Jones catching on with a or ring chasing a little bit, though it does make you go, "Damn it!" They would get him. Remind you of Antonio Brown a little bit, and we know that Mike Evans is a stud, and Mike Evans has got a touchdown pass in every single game that Chris Godwin did not play in, in Chris Godwin's career. In the eight games that Chris Godwin has missed in his career, Mike Evans caught a touchdown pass in all those games. So he's had no problem 
just Tom Brady's like, I'm walking onto Mike Evans and I'm going that way. So hands are full. And I think that's where I just go. I just think Tampa Bay's offense is more explosive than Dallas's right now. And that's where I give Tampa Bay the edge on offense, but it's not, it's, it's very close. These teams are similar. Right. Well, and I will say this, if, if Tom Brady has a ton of time to throw, even with him being the goat, then, and they went and they, and the Cowboys lose because of that, then that's on the Cowboys defense. Cause there's just too many weapons that the Cowboys have on defense to rush the passer that it shouldn't be an easy day for Tom Brady. And here's the, here's the other thing. Like, yeah, they're, they're solid at tackle right now, but all their problems are on the interior. And that's where Tom Brady, that's where you want to attack him is on the interior. You want to make him get outside the pocket. You want to get him out of that spot. He hates it when you have that pressure up the middle. So if you're going to be weak somewhere, up the middle is, is probably where Tom Brady wants it the least. And so if he's just sitting back there and he's just tearing them apart, then man, that, that's... That's on the that's on the Cowboys defense. There's too many pass rushers that they have, and, and too much scheme, and too much that they showed us last year for me not to think that they're going to just be able to get pressure on him. They have to. They, he cannot be clean all game. That, that that this defense is is too talented for that to happen. Yeah, I think like like John said, I I think the blueprint is pretty simple in terms of what it is. It's just executing it is where it's always been the more difficult part. I mean, you go. Like, forget Tom Brady's age or his pedigree or whatever. You go back to whatever day you want to back from 2007 to to present day. Like, if you get pressure up the middle, it's going to be tough. Now, the thing is, like, you can get pressure up the middle and Tom Brady can combat that by getting the ball out in 1.5 seconds. And that's kind of like, you know, what he's done to to kind of overcome bad offensive line play in, in the past. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, if you get pressure up the middle, that's that's kind of what you want to do against Tom Brady. And this is less like nuts and bolts, but there are some things like that are very, I do think, relevant to this game that are more tabloidish. Um, like Leonard Fournette has not showed up to camp uh, in good shape, and Leonard Fournette, dude, for what people thought he was coming out of college, he's averaging five catches a game when he's playing with Tom Brady, and they don't want to take him off the field ever because he and Tom work very well together. And then also there's the Tom Brady thing. Hey, hey real quick. Yeah. Who, who doesn't work well with Tom Brady? That's a good there's point. There's been guys all the way from the beginning of his, well, not maybe his beginning of his career, but a good five, six years in where they've been bringing guys in that you're just kind of like, eh, I don't really know if there's that much tread left on the tire, but hey, he's a good player or whatever. And, you know, they can probably find some way to get him involved. And it's, and it's, it's because of kind of that, what started obviously is the Patriot way. It's like kind of either you buy in or get out of here. Like, we'll find somebody else. And if Ronald you're Jones. at where Leonard Fournette was in his career, it's in your best interest to buy in to whatever this is right now with this all-time great quarterback than it is for you to kind of just be like, I don't know, if you guys want to use me, whatever. But Tom Brady is a huge part of that. Like, you, it's almost like you would have to be embarrassed to go in that locker room and not be trying to max out and do the best you possibly can Like because of the great situation you're in. You get to play with this guy. Like, how are you not buying into that? If you're not, then you probably don't belong in the NFL. You either Randy Moss it or you Chad Johnson it. That's one of two ways. That's the only two ways you go. Ronald Jones got hurt a lot, but like there were lots of talk in there. Like he wasn't doing things that were making everyone happy in there, and they didn't want Fournette coming off the field. And Ronald Jones is now in Kansas City. Uh, So, you know, see, they drafted Rashad White, and it would kind of be a third round back, and I mean, a third down back for them sometimes. But like the other thing, though, is the, the pure like, speculation of like why did Tom miss 11 days of training camp oh because of a marriage fight I still contend that he's on the mass singer and they had to air like seven episodes because he's gonna win it as the mosquito um that's just my 
my guess. So if you hear that, you heard it here first. Or if you see it happen in the future, you heard it There's no way that you heard it here first. I mean, I had my mom text me. She doesn't even follow the NFL like that. Text me last week, ask me, was Tom Brady really on the mass singer? I mean, this thing's gotten out of control. No, but the mosquito You have to actually be able to sing to be on there, though. Does anyone know if Brady has vocal ability at all? He done SNL back in the day. If If you watched 2004 SNL, he was singing back then. So. Okay, I don't know if he'd be on there because I think you have to like actually have a voice. I don't know if the he does. The thing you need to, you need to hear first is the mosquito part and that he's going to win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh yeah, if anyone can miss 11 days, Tom Brady's the guy. It's like, I don't care. Tom Brady will be great. Dude, what's amazing about I wonder, about I wonder Tom? what the demographic is of people that listen to this show and watch the Mets, Mets singer. I would love to know the numbers on that. <laughs> I don't even like to guess on that anymore. I think people do a lot of sketchy things they don't talk about. Um, so... Uh, what I'll say about the watching, like we saw Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger last year, rag arming it around. Man, I'll be damned. I was watching some uh, just NFL Network and they had some old games on, um, and I've got it like all on demand, got them all recorded. And I was watching a couple Bucks games from last year. Dude, Tom Brady's ripping it, just ripping the ball down the field. There's no rag arm happening here, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's gonna happen, dude." We're like. Post five years from people talking about that. Oh, this will be the year Tom Brady. People were talking about that when he was 39. Okay, like, I don't, I think whatever the TB12 thing is or whatever, like, he's not just going to start. Now, he'll, he will, you know, maybe throw a few more interceptions, maybe. You know, maybe take some uh, more risk uh, and things like that. You see that every once in a while. But, dude, the arm strength has not gone down at all. So, yeah. It's because it's because a lot of times it, it, it all comes down to mileage. I know a couple of years ago uh, the the Buccaneers were really good down the field in terms of you know yards per attempt and all that kind of stuff. But throughout Tom Brady's career, he's never he's I mean aside from that four year window with Moss, like never really had to you know unleash and do all that stuff. Whereas Drew Brees had the shoulder thing first of all, and then Peyton Manning has been slinging down the field, and and you know Ben Roethlisberger has been, you know, whatever with his body. So um, I, I think, you know, I, like it's it's because he doesn't have a lot of mileage. And, yeah, they're the TB12 thing and Alex Guerrero and all that stuff. But I think there's a lot of – like, you know, you you named all those receivers, KT, earlier. Like it doesn't it – do, it wouldn't surprise me if like Scotty Miller just had a, like a ridiculous season for the Buccaneers this year if like injuries happened or whatever because it, it's, it, it's not because Scotty Miller's this prolific receiver, but he just fits that skill set that Brady has and that always has had in his career. There's also some luck involved too in the fact that we can tie it back in with Brady and the Cowboys with, with Jason Peters. You got to have some luck on your side to not, to avoid. I mean, other than the one knee injury, Tom Brady, for as long as he's played, should probably have had three of those knee injuries if you go by what an average NFL player playing that long. I mean, just looking, I mean, if, you, if anybody out there is doing a fantasy draft, like look at all the injuries, major injuries to some of the best athletes in the game, whether you're talking about McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, guys like that. Like for a Jason Peters, a Tom Brady, there's no question they have to take care of their body off the field. And like Saad talked about earlier, that quick passing game, that obviously helps him avoid. It's very rare that you just see a monster hit on Tom Brady. So that helps you. But there's got to be a little luck on your side because you have to be able to keep playing for a long period of time without having these major injuries like, you know, you know, major ACLs, Achilles, things like that, where you're just like, yeah, this is the guy's going to be out for a year. It's going to be a major, you know, setback like that. And he's been able to avoid those. So that that's a huge part of this this whole thing, too. And the, rule, the rules of the game, too, have helped him, too. I mean, you can't really hit the quarterback well, sure. like you, you could have. Sure. 
Yeah, but and like half the injuries that like took so, that basically ended Romo's career were just basic hits. Like right. you know, to John's point about luck, I mean, they weren't like some grueling. It just you land one way, you land, you know, literally the the hit that ended uh, Romo's career, or also the the previous year against the Panthers on Thanksgiving, like just basically a normal hit. But like you know, again, the luck factor is definitely a, a big thing. I mean, my the my personal example, just because I got to see it covering this team is i mean the alex guerrero stuff and all that hey that's great you can sell that sell your ice cream whatever your book i don't care there's nobody that's grinding harder to stay healthy and play you and doing more things off season and during the season than sean lee there just was nobody like i mean sean lee poured everything into it and he was just always hurt now obviously he plays a much different position um and linebacker is probably up there, if you were going to do, I, I've, I've someone did a study, and I'm sure a linebacker would be pretty high on who gets the most injuries and stuff. But like, there's also some luck involved in it that you just you're able to avoid some of those major injuries like that. I mean, I, I, it, what are the odds that somebody as as freak of as an athlete as Jalen Smith was in college suffers that knee injury that he does on that play that he does that totally just took his career in another direction to the point where he was able to still play in the NFL at a rather high level despite that. But if he doesn't get that knee injury, I mean, he could be Micah Parsons right now in the NFL. I mean, that's the type of player he was coming out of college, but those injuries just change everything. You know, also, like, no one has more of the uh, the play where a ball is snapped to the quarterback and the quarterback just throws into the ground real quick to avoid taking a sack than Tom Brady. Like, he is right. not taking hits. But this is one of the few games on He'll the Cowboys. He'll throw the ball away, too. He'll throw, just it away. throw it out of bounds and stuff like to live to play He'll another down. literally just – He'll literally melt to the turf. I mean, Peyton Manning used to do the same thing, where he'll yeah. literally just go down, and you can't hit him. Yeah. yeah, and but this is the one one of the few games on your schedule. Well, you can hit them, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can. Yeah, Sam Williams preseason. <laughs> Let's go. Um, but like, if you want to, um, uh, this is one of the few games on the schedule where at least Micah, Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams, all the whole gang. Your quarterback is going to be standing pretty much right here all night. Like, you're going to play Jalen Hurts twice, and Carson Wentz still moves around a little bit. you got a few games to schedule with the quarterback. This is the one where the quarterback is standing there, and you're one target. So I think to your point earlier, John, like, I do – I mean, I can see a world where Monday morning we're going, man, the Cowboys defense did exactly what they had to do. They took advantage of a terrible or compromised Tampa Bay offensive line. And this defense is exactly what we thought they were going to be with Dan Quinn and the troops rushing the passer, and they really gave it to Tom Brady, and that's how the Cowboys got that win at home. I can yeah, definitely see that. Because on paper, you'd think, okay, well, that means that probably Osa or Neville had a big game. This could just mean a lot more rushes up the middle for Micah Parsons. That I mean, that could be a big part of it. Not necessarily you know, right up the A-gap, but they could do a lot more things where he's – more in the middle of the offense of I mean the middle of the defensive line as opposed to rushing off the edge or, or doing some of the other things that he's done in other games because he's obviously had success rushing up the middle as well last year so that, that could be a big part of their package too I mean there's that's the one thing that you can say going into this game you have to feel very confident Dan Quinn's going to have a good game plan and you have your defense healthy all the all the key players are going to be out there uh, this is as healthy as Demarcus Lawrence has been at this time in, in, in a year and in, in a long time. I mean, there, there's just really no excuse not to be able. I mean, they're just there's not an excuse for Tom Brady to just sit there and pick them apart, sit back there and just throw the ball all over the yard. That just shouldn't be happening in this game. 
Yeah, and and one other thing, I know we're talking so much about the pass rush in the front, and 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 it's all warranted. I will say for me, decades of watching Tom Brady. For if Monday we're talking about a Cowboys win, I think Trayvon Diggs is going to have a lot to do with that, and or or a loss too. And the reason why, because the the type of corner I know we've talked so much about the type of corner Trayvon Diggs is. He's he's a really really good cornerback, but he's not a shutdown corner. It's the exact type of guy that if Brady has time, he can manipulate and and get get him on double moves and and you know all those kind of things. But if he if he's getting rushed up the middle, that's where Trayvon Diggs can jump routes and have a pick six or something like that. Like I think the way that Brady plays Trayvon Diggs is going to be really interesting, and it, and it's all connected with the front. But I but I think that Trayvon Diggs is going to have a lot to do with the result as well. You know another thing, like flipping flipping uh, uh, to the other side of the ball with Gallup out. That's, you know, obviously we knew the Cowboys are going to have to deal with this, but this is where the Cowboys are going to need someone who maybe we're not expecting, who hasn't really shown us much altogether to really step up. And I, I'm very interested in what, I mean, John, you mentioned Turpin. I think that's, that's a great name. And I think I, Jalen Tolbert, like we're going to have to see something out of him because there's no denying that the added attention that will be on CD lamb. Um, right. and CeeDee Lamb had a huge game against Tampa Bay last year, but they're going to be able to you know, pretty much double cover him all night if they want to. But I'm even thinking it could be somebody like a Jake Ferguson because I could see them trying to like bracket and do things to take away CD and Dalton Schultz. And I could see you having a lot more two tight end sets. And yeah, Jake Ferguson, he was, you know, he had a good preseason. So, but I don't know how much he's going to be on their radar of what they're trying to take away. And just out of necessity, he might be out there a lot. And he has shown in that preseason, and he has shown throughout training camp that he is very sure-handed. And so I'm not saying it's going to be, all oh, big play down the seam, you know, like Kyle Pitts-style thing. But I'm just saying, like, a, a chain mover. We're like, we we look back at the game, we're like, man, you know, those two or three balls to Ferguson, you know, pick up a couple first downs. Like, I, I really wasn't expecting that going in this game. Kind of like what happened. That's how Dalton Schultz's entire thing started in Dallas was – not being the guy, the focal point, and then, you know, it was going to be Blake Jarwin. And I know Blake Jarwin's injury opened up a lot of things for that too, but but at the same time, like even when Blake Jarwin was healthy, what John's describing Jake Ferguson is kind of what Dalton Schultz's role was. You know, we mentioned Vita Vea earlier too. Like the Cowboys running the ball, running the ball at the middle feels like it's going to be tough to do. I mean, I forgot that the Bucks even brought in Akeem Hicks as well who will give you four games and then get hurt, but he's ridiculous in those few games that he plays. And running the ball up the middle does feel like that's going to be a bit of a problem. Um, but I don't know, like from a game plan standpoint, I just don't see where it makes a lot of sense for the Cowboys. I mean, I know I mentioned this earlier, to throw the ball 50 times like last year. Well, 60 times like last year. I just can't. I, I can't see that being the case. Um, and last year when that happened, I forgot, you know, it was after Dak is. Uh, I was kind of sidelined in camp you know, because his uh, shoulder. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot that we didn't think would happen that night. We kind of knew they would have to throw it. I don't know if we expected Dak to throw it 60 times. This time, I, I don't know if the Cowboys, like, it's weird when you have the number one and number two offense in the league from the last year, and then both teams might be coming in going, well, we might want to, uh, you know, play a little slower, maybe let our defense try to win this game a little bit. And that's where I kind of – Kind of wonder if the Cowboys will fully go that direction. The Bucks, I could still see trying to fling it around, and because you know, quite frankly, Russell Gage is more trustworthy than Jalen Tolbert. Um, yeah, I think I think also the score will dictate a lot too. If Cowboys are down fourteen, 
early. I mean, you get you get into a fight like that, and, and I think all of a sudden he's th- Dak's throwing the ball a lot more than you want. We, we're talking about all this stuff, and it's just going to be like last year's game where it just comes yeah. down to field goal kicking, and it's going to oh, be God. all about Brett Maher and how well Brett Maher plays. <laughs> okay, I'm Cowboys. Sure, I'm sure Kent will love that. <laughs> this is the situation they've put themselves in. This yep. is the world we've created for ourselves. Man. It's, uh, I believe, two and a half points. Is that the, uh, is that the line? Last yeah, time I, I thought it was two. It might have moved to two and a half. Let me look. I think, yeah, that sounds right, though. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get the the predictions on the book before we move to roster tiers. I have them written down here. Once again, we'll figure out a punishment at some point. Maybe we have to send uh, the loser has to go do the podcast live from a retirement center. I don't know. We'll figure out. We'll figure out the bet payoff. Hey, uh, KT, Uh, have you heard about these truck nuts shoes? No. So they have like truck nuts that you can put on the back of your shoes. I think that needs oh, okay. to be that needs to be the the punishment where John John Sod has to go cover you know cover a day of in the locker room with some truck nut shoes. I shoes on. promise you I won't be doing that, but yes, we can do that. that. <laughs> yes, I like that. John's very confident that he's going to win the bet this year. Yes, yes, very. Confident. Let's start with uh, let's start with Kent. Kent, your game prediction. If there's something I've learned in covering this team over a decade, fellas, it's expect. The unexpected. I'm taking the Cowboys by one point, 27-26. Maybe a Brett Maher field goal at the end put them over the top. All right. Sod? Tom Brady has never lost to the Cowboys. Um, I believe is, you know, whatever he is, like 6 or 7-0 and or something like that. Um, I don't think he loses to the Cowboys this time either. I'll go 27-24. Bucks. All right. Uh, I did same uh, line of thinking, 27-20 Tampa Bay. Uh, I just don't know if the Cowboys are going to get the offense. I, I, I just I worry about that. Gallup will help that so much uh, if you get him back and he is the Michael Gallup that we know and love. John, close it out for us on the picks. Yeah, I'm not going to go against Tom Brady. You know, that, hard, that, opening, right? that opening shot in that Tom Brady man in the arena thing is him at AT&T Stadium with that sun coming through and it just looks all majestic and all perfect and everything like that um so for him and that show that is one time the sun coming through actually worked out for him uh won't have to deal with it in this game but yeah I just I'm not gonna pick against Tom Brady in this situation it's that and it's also I just think he'll adjust better to his offensive line issues than the Cowboys will adjust to their offensive line issues I just think there could be some sloppy play early 
So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucks, um, 27-24. All right. All right, there it is. Three pick the Bucks, one pick the Cowboys. Uh, And to be uh, clear... Very close. I have. I think we got a close game. I think we got a. Oh, I could see game. it being like last year, where it comes down to a field goal type thing. Yeah. Maybe not be as much passing, and it might not be as exciting that way. I mean, um, but I, 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 yeah, I would not be surprised at all if the Cowboys win. I just, I'm not going to pick against Tom Brady. Good to be at home too uh, in the early stages of a kind of piecemealed offensive line. Good to be yeah. at home. You like that, so yeah, you love it uh, when you. Good. I mean, hey, Sunday night the crowd will be rocking. It'll be it'll be awesome. I mean, they're just they're so great at home. Like last year in the wild card. Sorry, go on. Um, let's go to roster tier central with our producer Kent Garrison. Yeah, so the way this works is we take the entire roster and we put them in a tier from best to worst. We'll do this now. We'll do this at the end of the season and see where we're at. I do have the last one we did here so we can kind of compare and contrast as we go to YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube. This has a visual component to it, too, so you can see the chart as we're building it. Uh, we lost a few on our top tier. Our very top tier is is uh, Never Let Them Leave, Jerry. So these are people we want here forever. And then the next one is Better Than Your Average. Then we have solid contributor, depth dude, and the last one, what you don't want to be is why. Why are you here? So last year we lost uh, Randy Gregory, uh, uh, of course, who was considered better than your average. Uh, A couple of solid contributors out of the way as well. Uh, Mari Cooper, better than your average tier. So we'll build this thing now. A couple caveats to this year's list is I put all the quarterbacks, even though they're not all on the technically on the 53, and um, I've added the long snapper, too, who's technically not on the roster right now as well, as well as Brett Maher, who's on the practice squad. But uh, I've added Jason Peters, who's on the practice squad as well, so we'll consider him in the list. So uh, where do you guys want to start? Oh, I think we, let's start um, – Listen to, to mix it up. Let's start let's numerically. Go with number one and just yeah. put number one in the Y real quick, and let's get this <laughs> okay. thing off and let's roll. All right, number one, PC. Kelvin Joseph. Just wanted to kick. I just want to kick it off. Go ahead. Okay. Can I say? Can I say Death Dude because it's still the high end talent, and if if he is, been I know cleared, that's fine. And there that's are fair. no criminal yeah, charges. Yeah, if, okay? yeah, if everything that. ends up okay, I think he'll be Death Dude. He'll think he'll okay. he'll end up playing for but, you, but. Absolutely should be on a short leash. Absolutely. Right now it should be why. Yeah. Why, depth, dude. That's what you want in the second round. Okay, next one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jordan Lewis. I think it's a solid contributor. Yep. Yep. Agree. Uh, yeah, it's very odd. Well, I just want to say real quick on, on Jordan Lewis, as I know we got to move it along, but I, do, I just want to say he's a guy who it always felt like they were trying to replace at all times, but then gave him a contract and played well since he got the contract. Almost yep. the reverse of how these things usually work out. Sure. It's because every time he got on the field, the ball found him. Like you just, and, and you can't deny when, when that happens, sure. but, but that's just what happened with him. Anthony Brown, solid contributor. Everyone good there? Yep. Yep. Very weird that he's number three now. Uh, Dak. Top tier. Better than your God-tier. average. Yep. No. Oh, you're going. Uh, he's in the top one. I put in met him. Yeah, never yeah, let I'm, him leave. Yeah, never let him leave. He, well, that's what he was last year. Why would it change? That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I mean. Uh, Brian Anger. I was trying never to. Never let him leave. Yes. No. Uh, better than your average. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. Donovan Wilson. Depth dude. Depth dude. Yeah, is that yeah. right now? I mean, he has the upside that you would, he should be with that other group of those DBs there. Um, but as, so far right now, yeah, he's a depth dude. Trevon Diggs. Never let him leave, Jerry. Yep. That's where you Top put him? tier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was going to go better good, than your average. Yeah. I was yeah, going to go better than average too. But yeah, yeah. 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 Let him leave because there's just so many corners at this. I mean, they just will replace <laughs> him with another one like that. That'll be so easy to I, find. It'll be perfect. I think I think the one thing that like we also have to establish is is we're talking relative to the Cowboys, not the league, right? Because yeah. Cause like, cause like Dak is better than your average relative to the NFL, but right. I think to the Cowboys, he's never let them leave. And so by that, by, by what John just said with Trayvon Diggs, I think by the NFL standards, he's better than average, but I think by the Cowboys standards, he's don't let him leave. So and then on top of it, with how little this team does in free agency and trades, and you're just building through your draft the odds that you get another Dak Prescott or Trayvon Diggs are so ridiculously low, you'd be silly to try and let, or allow one of them to leave. For yeah. sure. So he, I mean, the, the idea just, I mean, there's some of the best run organizations in the league. I mean, look at Pittsburgh right now, like their quarterback situation. Like there's, and I don't get the Dak Prescott thing. I can't think of an organization that he wouldn't be, never let him leave. Like who, what organization just keeps, I mean, no, you're right. I guess recently, I guess you could say if maybe you're a Broncos fan or something, because they've shown that, hey, this isn't working out. We'll go get Peyton Manning. This, okay, a couple more years, not working. We're going to go get Russell Wilson. Like the Cowboys really haven't shown that. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't think if you I have think a guy, never let him leave. Cowboys, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> never let him leave. Real quick, though, it was 11 last year for Trayvon Diggs, 11 interceptions, right? Yeah. What's a, what's a good number? Because I was uh, thinking about Jamel Dean, is your cornerback for the Bucks this week? Six interceptions last year. Uh, promoted him to starting corner now as they're going to go kind of play three safeties at all times. What's that number? Is six a good number? What's a good yeah. over-under for Trayvon Diggs? Five and I a half? I think six. I think six yeah, is think, a good over-under. I think six is a good number. I saw a story that Sando did that, like, you know, once corners have that big year, they usually kind of come come back down to earth in terms of statistics. And so I think five or six is kind of where I'd be. All right. Uh, Kevontae Turpin. For now, solid contributor, right? Right, right. But that that that's got some upside to go somewhere else for sure. sure absolutely. Cooper Rush. number nine, by the way, for the listener. Oh yes, number Turpin nine this year. Yes. Number ten, Cooper Rush. You can put hey, you can put Calvin Joseph in depth, dude. Okay, John changes mind. <laughs> yeah, let's be fair. I'm just yeah, saying, nice. KT said it too. I'm not going to argue with okay. you. On that. I just, okay, Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush. Depth, dude. Yep. Yeah, depth, dude. I uh, might argue why. <laughs> Let's not waste uh, our time, though. It's fine. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Right. If you're if you're backup quarterback, hopefully he's depth, dude. If he's Y, then we got that's a whole other episode. Uh, Michael Parsons. Never let him uh, leave. Top tier. Name 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 like I don't know. Can you name and, and where he's at in his career right now? I can't name maybe. Well, I guess if you're counting the quarterbacks, without the quarterbacks, though, I don't think you can name ten people that you would rather have. Than him, I mean, there's the no whole way league. Anybody, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's no team that would even yep. think of that. I mean, you're building your whole defense around this guy. I don't care who you are. Yeah, Michael, Michael Gallup. Gallup, solid contributor. I, solid contributors, where I'd put him. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know that he's better than your average wide receiver. He's too. got the potential, and he got paid by for his potential of being better than your average. But if we're just going by what he's shown so far, you can't put him there. Yeah, Jabril Cox, number fourteen, depth dude. Yep. Yeah, Will, Will Greer, Greer, number 15. 
I mean, you have I mean, the same thing as Rush. Yeah, I guess I, I to me any a QB three. I just I have have them in the Y, but I'm not going to find okay. anything there. Um, Dennis Houston, number seventeen. Uh, depth dude. Depth dude. Jaylen As of Tolman? right now, Jalen Tolbert's probably a depth dude just because we haven't seen him anything do yeah. what. But I mean, they need him. He has to be a solid contributor at least for them. But up to this point, you know. And and this isn't just like us watching and saying. I mean, that's talking to people with the team too. I mean, he hasn't met what the expectations were. Now again, he's a wide receiver in his rookie year, a third round pick that is being asked to like, oh well, we hope you can be a number two week one. I think Jalen Tolbert's going to be a good player, but as of right now, you're if you're putting him higher than depth, dude, then that's on a projection, and we're not grading anybody else on a projection right now. Yeah, but also with him, everything that you just said, John, is probably what you would have said about Cedric Wilson coming into the season last year as well. Yeah. And then he ended up being a solid contributor. So I think yeah. that's kind of, you know, the path for Jalen Tolbert too. Yeah, for sure. Well, Maher Brett Maher at night. has replaced uh, Cooper's number with 19. So is he depth dude? Why? Solid contributor? No, depth dude's fine. Yeah. He's with not a why. I mean, there's a reason that he's well, on it. Yeah, Garibay is the reason why. Uh, uh, Pollard, solid contributor. No, let's do Amari. Yeah, no, I the Amari. I don't think we why? I think Amari is why. Why? Why is he yeah. not here? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, put him in. <laughs> Tony uh, Pollard. Oh, uh, uh, we'll hear about that on Twitter. I, I don't know. Better than your um, average Tony Pollard. Ooh, that is a tough one. This is I, tough. Solid contributor. I don't think he's been allowed to prove that he's better than Fair. your average. If, if that, I think he'll be there. Going with the parameters team. we've set, he is a solid contributor as of right now. Yeah. Again, right. not on a projection, but yeah, right now, solid contributor. Yeah. Zeke. Solid I mean, contributor. That's what he, yeah, that's what he was last yeah. year, for, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now, Zeke, by the way, gets if he the stays same healthy, if he was to stay healthy, I thought the way he started last season, he'd be better. He was better than your average, but then he gets a knee injury. And so, but if he's healthy, like he is right now, yeah, he's better than your average, but... If we're going the way we grade everything else, he's solid contributor. Yeah, we need him to be healthy. Last year's version of Zeke was basically James Conner. Um, right. yep. Rico Dowdle, depth yep. dude. Depth dude. Mukwamu. Yeah. Same thing. Depth yep. dude. Nation Wright. Good yeah. preseason for Mukwamu. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. Nation Wright, depth dude. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Deron Bland, depth dude. Depth dude. Yeah. Yep. Jaron Curse. Solid, solid contributor. contributor and yeah, close to sure. better than your average, to be honest. Yep. But for now, yeah. solid contributor. Malik Hooker, number Malik 28, Hooker. is a depth Malik dude. Malik Hooker is a depth dude, but Jerry would probably have him as better than your average, man. Anytime he gets a chance to talk about Malik Hooker, he loves Malik <laughs> Hooker. He, thinks he's gonna, he literally thinks that he's going to be the guy that right when he was coming out of Ohio State, the top, you know, yeah. 15 pick. Like, he thinks he's going to be I'm, – and I'm interested to see it, you know, because you, when you you don't – uh, have these guys, these starters playing in the preseason, you're just kind of going off what you saw them do last. I mean, there's stuff you can see, obviously, in training camp, stuff like that. But, I mean, the way Jerry talks about him, man. Marquise Bell. Uh, yeah, Depth Dude. Depth Dude. dude. Yeah. Anthony Barr. Depth Dude for yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with Jake McQuaid. Keep Jake it going. McQuaid. Yeah. Devin Harper. Devin Harper is a Depth Dude. dude. Yeah. Sam Williams. Same. Yeah. Uh, yep. Until uh, further yeah. notice, probably. Yeah. 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 Vanderesh. Solid contributor. Yeah. I'm fair with that. That's fine. That's fair. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Yeah. For now. Now that's going down, whereas the Sam Williams thing is going up, though. This Fowler yeah. one is tough, man. 
he he had a good showing in the preseason. He did. He, he did. Has, I agree. Um, I I guess here I don't know. I want to hear your guys' take on this. So I just anticipated that he was going to come in and be significantly better than Dorrance Armstrong and was going to kind of just jump off the page like in training camp and that. And I don't know that I necessarily saw that. So um, my argument for him being a solid contributor is that on this roster where so much attention is going to go to right. two, three other guys, I could see him being a, a true solid contributor where I don't think that that's the, he's not universally that guy, but on this right. team, I can see him being a solid contributor. For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with that. Okay. Yeah. Not going to fight it. Luke Gifford. That dude. Still, I don't think I've heard his name the entire offseason. Uh, Biotish. Uh, Biotish, yep, depth dude. Depth dude. Mm. McGovern. Same. Depth dude. Dang it. F- Farniok. This, this could be borderlining on our first Y, but that's fine. And depth dude. Okay. Yeah, for now. That's fine. Uh, Zach, Zach Martin. Martin. Never, never let him let leave. leave. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Especially now. Uh, this is a tough one here. Jason Peters. Jason Peters at se- number seven. I mean, he's a depth dude right now, but he could be a solid contributor. But as of right now, he's only a depth dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Tristan Hill is technically a depth dude, especially on that he defense line. He technically is, but... If, 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 uh, if we have a Chaz Green performance against Tampa Bay, is Peters, they fast-track that thing the next week? Yeah. Possibly, yeah. I mean, depending on where he's at. I mean, one week I, of I don't know squad, what, how his workouts uh, reps, have gone. And then he's, you know? th- he's in there. Man, yeah. probably, probably better than, than what they would have otherwise. Uh, hey, Tristan this Hill. next guy right here, this could be a sleeper to have a good game uh, Sunday night. Okay. I'm fine with I'm fine with solid contributor, but yeah, I mean, Tristan Hill, I don't know. I think okay. he's like played pretty well throughout training camp in the preseason, and I, th- I think this is a big game for their defensive tackles. And he's got the ability to get up the field and maybe cause some problems for Tom Brady. So, but solid contributor for sure. Yeah. Is that a, uh, who's 73? Smith. Antoine Smith? Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith. Jesus. What am I doing, Kevin? Antoine um, Smith. Oh. <laughs> you got used to seeing him. Well, no, I was thinking about the other Packers? guy. What? No, no. The was, running back? No, I was thinking about the other spare offensive lineman for depth that they had in there for a this while. Is, this might Tyron be the Smith? toughest one. Tyler they need Tyler Smith to be a solid contributor. And they he's a need him. Pick. They need if, him to be a solid contributor. Okay, how are we putting Tyler Smith as solid contributor and Biotish is going to be? I know dude? that's what I'm saying. This is tough. Fine. I think if you're a starting offensive lineman, that's not consistently you're you're, effing things you up. You're a solid contributor. So I'll put you Biotish. Be a solid. <laughs> oh, solid. I'll solid. put Biotish with Tyler Smith and solid contributor, and we'll keep McGovern. Okay. And Farniok and those guys down as depth dude until they prove otherwise. You know? Is he you solid, it. Kent? Do you think he's solid? Oh, oh yeah. Real solid. You know, good attack. Good release. Number uh, 75, Josh Ball. Just draft any other offensive lineman. Doesn't matter who. <laughs> any other guy. Uh, I, I don't. That one will irritate me. You had it out for time. him from the start. You know, yeah. like, 10 minutes after the draft, you're like, what's going on, guys? <laughs> Why? Not only does he have stuff, he's not very good. Right. Uh, but he Tyrant. could be good and he's developmental, so we'll see. Tyron, I mean, look, he's earned it right I mean, now. He's better, better than, than your average when he's healthy, but that's been yeah. that's fine. Six years. It's been six years of being hurt, yeah. Yeah. Terrence Steele, solid contributor. Now, for now. Terrence Steele is a solid contributor. Yeah. Well, let's go. Depth dude. Depth dude. Fahoko. Depth, Depth dude. Depth dude. 
James Washington that could be solid yep. if he was healthy. Could be. That's yeah, yeah but it's, it's it's just like Jalen Tolbert. It's not just like he has more on on tape, but yeah, yeah, it's more of a projection. You he should be a solid contributor, right? Anthony Brown. I Noah think he's. Brown. A, I think or Noah, Noah Brown. Brown. I think I think Noah Brown is a solid contributor, especially with McCarthy. Like hearing McCarthy talk about Noah yeah. Brown. You know, like I was there last week and he was talking about how the uniqueness of him being the gunner and a receiver and yeah. and just what he likes about him. Like, I think. Solid Which also team. speaks to your depth at wide receiver if he's also right. your gunner. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Schultz is better than your average. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Certainly. Franchise tag. Yes, I would he's agree. Top 10 guy. Yeah. He's absolutely better than your Ferguson. Is he, is he never is he never let him leave? Um, no, no, no. I no, wouldn't no. put him there. I just no. wanted to see KT's face. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, no. <laughs> Ferguson, death dude. Yeah. CD Lamb. Huh. Better than your average. I'm never letting him leave. Is that I need a to see more. Though? Okay, fine. I, 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 feel, I feel pretty strong about what he's going to do this year. So. Yeah, I, I agree I that he's going to be that guy. Yeah. No, it's fine. Better than your average is fine. Okay. Hendershot, Depth Dude. Depth Dude. Depth Dude. Demarcus Lawrence. Ooh. He's a, he's a better than your average. Yeah, he's better than your average. I think that's yeah. what he was last year, though, too, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. That's a fair I spot. Do th- I do think he's going to have a good year, too, man. I really do. The, both those guys next year. Sam, Lamb and, and Lawrence, I think, are both going to have really good years. Yeah. Armstrong. Solid contributor. Solid contributor. Basham. Depth Dude. Dorrance Armstrong is the Noah Brown of defense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, Ridgeway, Ridgeway would be depth. depth. Yeah. Neville Gallimore could be solid. Solid contributor? Ooh, Ooh solid. solid. Oh, yeah. He oh, plays yeah. like that oh. Pittsburgh game. Oh, big G. Let's go. Uh, Odigi Zua. Uh, solid? Yeah, he's got, well, yeah, if Gallimore's yeah. there, I think you got to put him in solid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Bohanna is a depth dude right now, but I do think Bohanna could be a solid contributor this year, especially against the run. If if they're as good or as improved, I should say, against the run, if they made the same jump that they did from two years ago to last year, if they do that same jump again from last year to this year and take it to another level, I think he's going to be a huge part of it. Um, Then he would be a solid contributor for sure. Yeah. And then Chauncey Golston, depth dude. Depth dude. So the only guy we have as a Y is Josh Ball. And and, and pretty and nice. Honestly, the only two that even crossed my mind um, for Ys are Ball and Joseph. And I can't sit here and say that it's just because of their play. It's also the off the field stuff factors in with both of them. I mean, so. Yeah. Those are the only two that I ever even I thought of this entire time by putting in why. I know you guys, you know, mentioned Cooper Rush and that he's the only one that or those two are the only two I even considered for why. Well, I, hey, uh, Ken, how many were in Y last year? I'm looking at right now. We had a lot. Ben DiNucci, yeah. Simi Fajoko was a Y at this point. Uh, Thompson, Robinson, Greg Zerline was a Y and Mitch yeah. Hyatt. Chose, and we also had Jalen Smith at the beginning of the year, didn't we? That's or right. Something like that. Yeah. At the... Uh, at the start, so certainly uh, the same amount of never let them leaves. Looks like yeah. the same players made that, but better than your yeah. average. We lost our free agents, and that and that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, well, yeah. If a guy's gonna have stuff, though, he needs to contribute. I mean, look, <laughs> I'm trying not to be like fully like self righteous guy, but my whole question is, if you're gonna do it, then 
why are they there for and why are we making them out to be better than they really are? You know, and yeah. I, that's that's where I'm kind of at. And like, yeah, uh, the leash is already going to be short on these guys either way. Like Turpin might change games for this team. He might flip the field yeah. and things like that. No, these are certainly well, the way we're ranking them right here is what they are right now. Right now, they yeah, can they can certainly sure. improve on it. But I like that we didn't even talk about how we were going to do this, and it just kind of evolved. And like, let's not do projections on this. I think that that makes it cleaner. This is what they are today, and it can right. change. We can even do one of these at the end of the year or something, or middle of the season. I don't care. But as of today, I I think I feel pretty good about where this group is, like where we have them ranked as of today. Yeah, you know, one thing I would say would be interesting if we did this, maybe not not this time if we don't want to, but in the future, is kind of like the, the way that we have them in the tiers, like have them to where it's almost in the order of the tiers. So like CD and Lawrence would be right, at the top at the front, of yeah. better than your average because their arrows more pointing. They're they're about Closer to, to get hit to the next level. level. Yeah, they're yeah. about so, – so it would be the same thing with like, you know, someone like um, – the receiver we talked with, with, uh, you know, whether it's Washington or whoever, um, with, with Tolbert, like might be more towards the front of the depth dude thing where Joseph might be more towards the back end of that because yeah. he's trending more towards Y. So, um, yeah, but I think, I think the way that we have it in the tiers is pretty solid. Well, we, uh, are finally here. We'll be with you, uh, after the game on Sunday night, AT&T stadium week one, finally, Finally, after all this time, it now matters. I'm so excited. John will be at the game, of course, covering that for you as he always does. Make sure you. Sod's going to be in the house. Sod's in the house. Sod's going to be in the house. Uh, Make sure you check out the content on the athletic as we get you ready. There will be all kinds of preview stuff as we move towards Sunday night's game. And then, of course, we'll have a podcast for you next week. We'll have a preview podcast. We're moving to twice a week, beginning next week, because that is what we do. For Saad Youssef from The Athletic, your Dallas Stars beat writer, and much more. For Father John Mishota, and for your producer, Kent Garrison, I'm Kevin KT Turner. We'll talk to you Sunday night after the game. Bye. Austin Powers.